Open your Bibles to Mark chapter 10. We are taking a just a week break from our sermon series on the Holy Spirit. As we enter into this VBS week, thought it was appropriate just to take a week break to, to position our hearts and our minds to think about what happens during the week of Vacation Bible School. And not just during the week of Vacation Bible School, but what should happen in our hearts and our minds throughout the entirety of our lives. So let me begin by asking you a question. If Christ told you, you have to be like this to enter the kingdom, wouldn't you want to know what that is? I mean, if, if Jesus Christ himself said, hey, RCC, if you want to enter the kingdom of God, you have to be like this. Man, wouldn't you spend your time and your energy and your efforts trying to figure out what that thing is or what that person is? Well, beloved, we don't, we don't have to guess. Christ has, has told us. And he has told us quite plainly in the Gospel of Mark. So before I read our text from this morning, let me say this. You have heard a lot of things this past week. A lot of thoughts. A lot of opinions. I don't know, beloved, maybe you've heard this past week that the kingdom of God is found within the United States of America. I don't know, beloved, maybe this past week you have heard or acted as if adults are the only one who should be discipling and not getting discipled. Hear now, beloved, the word of God from Mark chapter 10, looking at verses 13 through 16. People were bringing little children to him in order that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them when Jesus saw it. He was indignant said to them, let the little children come to me. Don't stop them because the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. After taking them in his arms, he laid his hands on them and he blessed them. Let's ask the Holy Spirit for his help this morning. Pray with me. Lord, we, we do need your help. Spirit, we need your help because we are so easily distracted. We, 
think so little of you so often. We need big thoughts of you. We need you to rearrange our perspectives. We need you to rearrange our worldview. We need you to rearrange our priorities. So do it again, Lord. Through the power of your word. Your word is powerful. Your word, the scripture tells us, is powerful enough to strip the forest bare. And everyone in the temple cries out glory. Do it again in our midst, we ask. In Christ's name, amen. We're just going to walk ourselves through Mark chapter 10 this morning. So if you have a copy of God's word, I suggest you just open it because we're going to just walk or crawl through these few verses this morning. Notice the first verse, verse 13. People were bringing little children to him that he might touch them, but the disciples rebuked them. Now, RCC, there is an assumption that is often made about verse 13. And I guarantee if I were to ask you the question this morning, you would probably make the same assumption. I'm giving you a hint before I even ask the question. Who do you think these people were that were bringing little children to Christ? Yell it out. It's all good. Parents. But the text never says parents. You know, Greek has a word for parents. It's used over and over and over again in the New Testament. But here, it does not say that parents were bringing their kids to Christ in order that he might touch them. No, it says people were bringing little children to him that he might touch them. Now, what am I talking about? Am I talking about some sort of weird society where people are just grabbing random kids and bringing them to Christ? No, that's not what I'm talking about. But I, what I am talking about, what I think Mark is talking about, what I think the totality of Scripture is talking about is that this is a community effort. It is not solely the job of the parents to bring children to Christ. So as we look ahead into VBS week, may we be like these people in Mark chapter 10, verse 13. Like, hey, parents, we got you too. We want to bring your kids to Christ too. We want to show them Jesus. This is a community effort. We, we, RCC, have to get the kids to Christ. We have to bring the little ones to Jesus Christ. We're not bringing them to ourselves, no. We're bringing them to Christ. Community. Y'all know, anybody who's been a parent, a parent to know, man, you get tired of dealing with your kids <laughs> all week. You need somebody else to bring your kids to Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes. 
Sometimes you need somebody else to bring your kids to Jesus. I don't know if that was the scenario. I don't know if people in Mark chapter 10, 13 was like, I don't even feel like dealing with these bad kids today. And then somebody else in the community is like, hey, hey, Stephen, we got you. We'll take, we'll take Simeon to Jesus today. We'll take him. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that looked like for them to take these children of Jesus. I don't know if the parents were standing there and maybe it was the, the job of the, of the people in the community maybe just to clear the crowds from around Jesus. Like, hey, we got some kids coming through. Maybe it was the job of the people to just say, hey, like, hey, parents, I, I know you're in a bad place, but let me help you take your kid to Jesus. You carry them out, carry you while you take your kids to Jesus. Maybe it was a job for the people to just give the disciples and Jesus forewarning, like, hey, we got a gang of kids coming your way. Just be prepared. I don't know, beloved, but I know it wasn't simply the parents because Mark could have just easily said that. But he says people were bringing the kids to Jesus. So praise be to God that this VBS week is, man, it's not just the parents bringing the kids to Christ. It's not just the parents, you know, beautifying the landscape outside so the kids can behold the glory of God and creation. It's not just the parents working the sound booth so the kids can hear wonderful things from his word. It's not just the parents acting out the story on the stage so the kids can see and flesh how the Bible comes to life. It's not just the parents getting the kids to to memorize Scripture that they may plant the word deep within their hearts that they might not sin against him. It's not just the parents singing songs. It's not just the parents saying, hey, you need Jesus. You need Jesus. The people were bringing the kids to Christ. And notice what the disciples did, all these wonderful disciples. They rebuked them. Rebuke this simply means like a strong disapproval. Like, I do not approve of your actions right now, people. I do not approve of you bringing these kids to Jesus Christ. Can you imagine? I mean, the disciples felt like their relationship with Christ gave them the right to now determine who does and does not approach Jesus Christ. The disciples thought that their relationship with Christ gave them the right to determine how somebody comes to Christ. Can you imagine? That you get so comfortable with the God of the universe that now you become Christ's gatekeeper? The one who holds the universe in place by the word of his power, you have to guard the doors for him? And say, no, 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 Jesus, he, he ain't going to see you right now. Jesus won't accept you like that. Jesus won't take you like that. But that's what disciples did. They thought in their minds that they were close enough to Christ to now determine who Christ accepts. May it never be. May it never be. 
and not just with kids, but with anybody. Who are we to determine who comes to Jesus Christ and how? Who are we to guard the gates to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? Now get the scene, beloved, in Mark chapter 10. You you have to get the scene. The disciples were all by themselves now. They have been surrounded by the crowds. So in the previous context, they're talking about tough issues. They, they go away from the crowds, and they go into a house all by themselves with Jesus Christ. And now they're talking about tough, real hard-hitting issues. In the previous verses, they're talking about divorce and remarriage. Very complicated, tough issue. Jesus says some hard but true things about divorce and remarriage. So now the disciples get Christ all by themselves. And maybe, beloved, I don't know, if I could just, you know, my spiritual imagination get into the minds of the disciples, maybe it was the tough issues that made them say, why, why are y'all bringing your kids to Christ right now? They can't hear these issues. Maybe that was it. Maybe they were just looking out for the kids. They can't hear about divorce and remarriage. But it says Christ was indignant regardless of the conversation. Maybe Christ understood by the time we think they're ready to hear about something, they have already been indoctrinated by the world. It's too late then. Maybe by the time that we think that the totality of God's word should be for our little children as well, they have already been schooled in the world's book. Now we have to unteach and teach. I don't know, beloved. But I do know the Old Testament says over and over again, especially in Deuteronomy, hey, you don't wait to teach the kids about God's law. You, you bind it around their neck. When they wake up, you say it to them. When they walk along the way, you repeat it to them. You sing it to them. It should be on the doorpost everywhere they go. They should be hearing this is what God loves. This is what he hates. This is what he desires. And this is why it takes a community of people to do this, beloved. Every place the child should go, the little children should hear, this is what God loves, this is what he desires. Man, to think about that, to like your kid wakes up in your household, they hear about the wonderful things of God's law, they go to your your friend's house, your city group's house, and they hear about the wonderful things of God's law. They come to our gather time, and they hear about the wonderful things of God's law. Regardless of what we think is happening in our culture, beloved, the world has no victory over this type of community. It doesn't. We can bemoan and cry out about what's happening in that nation, but we are a strange nation. Set aside for Jesus Christ. So if this is the lifestyle, like everywhere they go, they're here, man, this is what God loves. This is what, thank you. This is what God loves. This is what it desires. Man, where would the world have an entry point into the hearts and minds of our little ones? Or maybe, beloved, maybe it was just their private time with Christ. I mean, they had been dealing with the crowds. Life was busy. They tired. They just want a little Jesus time. 
They, want, they just want a little private time, and, and they didn't want this time interrupted by the rawness of kids. Maybe that's what it was. They were just getting good in this conversation. The text says they inquired further from Christ about these things. Now, Christ, really tell us what you think about divorce and remarriage. And all of a sudden, you hear in the background, mine, no, stop, mine, no, mine, stop, no. <laughs> Get off me. Don't touch me. That's mine. Give me back. Ah, mom, dad. Right? And they're like, we, we, we can't even hear from Jesus. It's loud, just, just, just raw kids all over the place. This is our private time with Jesus Christ, and now we're getting distracted by kids. But if we're real this morning, so I believe we are, that's us oftentimes in worship, isn't that? Oftentimes in worship, we just, this is our time. It's grown. This is, this is big church. <laughs> this is grown folks' time. We don't want to be distracted with you throughout the week. We, this is our time with Jesus Christ. And maybe, maybe you're sitting there and you're like, man, you know, Pastor Stephen is really giving a good word. And you right there in the middle of like, yeah, preach, preach, Pastor Stephen. And then the kid behind you keeps making noise. And you're like, Lord, why is this distraction here? This is my private time with you, Jesus. But maybe, beloved, as we work our way through the text, maybe the Lord has something greater to teach you by the distraction of the kid behind you than what I'm saying in my sermon. Maybe that's the case. Maybe more sanctification is happening in your heart by you dealing with your raw emotions of a kid seeing the face of Jesus than you hear me preach a sermon. Maybe that's the case. Maybe the Lord is weeding some things out of you. Why are you so easily distracted? Why? Why can't that kid be in the worship with you? What gives you any more privilege to the side of Jesus Christ than that little one? Maybe he's weeding some things out of you. Maybe you hit pause on the sermon and hit play on the practicality of worshiping Christ in an intergenerational community. Christ says, when we, man, when we don't have the little children around us, as we are around Christ, we are missing out. Beloved, we have to get this. If the kids are not around us as we are worshiping Christ, it is not them who is missing out. It is us. We are missing out on an angle of Jesus Christ that only the little ones can provide. We're missing out. And I know, I know. Man, I know the biggest, the biggest reason. The biggest reason that we have in, in broader culture, like why we do children's ministry, is so that the children can hear the gospel on their level. I, I know that's the biggest reason. But who's going to teach the gospel to us on our level? Because Jesus is saying here, beloved, that sanctification is growing down. It's not growing up. Sanctification happens when the children are around, not when they're somewhere else. 
we, we, we grow down in the kingdom. Not up, beloved. And I know, I know if, I, if I'm going to keep it, keep it real with you this morning, I know that's like one of the biggest reasons, oh, my, my kids have to hear the gospel on their level. But in, in my heart of hearts, I know that somewhere back there, I just don't want to be bothered with them for one hour throughout the week. And I clothe it in, in, in this religious, religious talk of disciple-making at a younger age when in reality, I just don't want to be bothered. This is me and Jesus' time. Jesus was indignant, angry, Christ was. Now, you have, to, you have to take note, highlight, underline, whenever the scripture, like, exposes the raw emotion of Jesus Christ. Because it only happens a couple times throughout scripture. You have, to, you have to take note of whenever Christ shows raw emotion and whenever Christ does not show raw emotion. Here's what I mean. Those instances in scripture where Christ is just very chill. He's not showing the same emotion that the Pharisees are showing. Like, Jesus Christ, don't you know what type of woman that is? And Christ's like, what, what's up? No emotion? What are, what are y'all talking about? <laughs> what do you mean what type of woman she is? He who is without sin, let him cast the first stone. Right, just no emotion. Like he's not, he's not on the level of the Pharisees of being indignant as sinners coming to Jesus Christ. But you also have to take note of when Christ does show raw emotion, when he enters the temple and starts turning over tables. Why does Jesus Christ do that? Take note of it. Here, why is Christ so angry, beloved? Here we have a glimpse into the passion of Jesus Christ. It's not just when Christ goes to the cross that he shows his passion. Here in Mark chapter 10, he is showing his passion by how we treat little ones in the kingdom of Christ. Imagine, I don't know, Christ saying, disciples, who do you, who do you think you are? You, you don't know me as well as you think you do. What makes you, disciples, my gatekeeper? He's angry that they would stop the little ones from coming to him. Man. It's a word, RCC. Christ is not unemotional when it comes to the little ones in our community. He's not passive when it comes to the little ones in our community. Why? Well, well beloved, there's, there's a reason for this. And Christ goes on to tell us what this reason is. He says, I tell you, if, if you don't receive it like one of these, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God. <laughs> he gives a a man statement in verse 15. That word truly there at the beginning of verse 15 is the Greek word a man. A man, I tell you. Truly, I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. This a man statement, RCC, is a promise of Christ. And we sing all the time. Yeah, 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 I hear that. Yeah, that's, 
They talking back to me. That's why we need the little ones up in here. They the only ones who ain't scared to talk back to me. Talk back. Say something. We sing the songs all the time. All the promises are yes and amen, right? This is a promise of Christ. If you do not receive the kingdom like a little child, you will never enter it. I think we need to pause and think about that for a moment. Unless Christ is lying. Unless he's just, he just making up stuff. Unless you receive the promise like a child, you, you will never enter it. Man, if, if that's the case, if that's the case, beloved, I need, I need to know what children are like. I need to know what Christ is talking about. If I don't receive it like, like a little child, well, well, what does that mean? Well, the first thing it means that Christ does this, this great reversal. Here the disciples are. They've been walking with Jesus Christ, you know, talking with him, deep theological conversations, trying to get at the knowledge that Jesus Christ possesses. And they think they're somewhat more worthy to enter the kingdom of Christ. And then all of a sudden, here you have these snotty-nosed kids running up into the house, and the disciples are like, no, get the, get the children out of here. They don't, they don't belong here. And Christ's like, no, disciples, you got this backwards. You need to look to them. They don't need to look to you. Beloved, we, we ought to be like, like, yeah, yeah, kids, you do your thing. Let me watch you for a little bit. Like, y'all, y'all have done enough watching us. Let, allow us to just see what Christ is talking about. I don't know, maybe in our city groups. Instead of saying, hey, kids, sit down, be quiet, watch how the adults and professionals do this Christian thing. Maybe it's like, we'll just, hey, one city group, we're just going to sit back and watch y'all run around because maybe there is something in what you're doing that Jesus Christ finds so utterly beautiful. Maybe there's something that you need, that I need, that we can't do without. So instead of the disciples being the gatekeeper, Christ switches it up and says, no, the children are the gatekeeper. <laughs> you can't get in unless you imitate how they act. What are some characteristics of little children? Just, just a couple this morning because they only gave me 15 minutes to preach because we got, we got pizza and stuff to eat and cereals to clean up. There, there's, a, there's a helplessness that leads to dependence in kids. Like, they can't do nothing by themselves. If it's going to happen, they're looking up like, you have to do it. If, if it's going to happen, if it's going to be provided... You have to do it. There's a helplessness that leads to a dependence. And beloved, we have it too much together. That's why we need children in our midst to remind us, no, you you don't. We need children to to have this, this neediness so that we can have a neediness of our Savior. We need children to show us what it looks like to just, to just merely be in the presence of Christ. The disciples had an agenda. They had an outline, a structure. The kids are just like, hey, whatever happens, happens. Like, hey, Christ, I'm here. 
Do what you want to do, Lord. This is helplessness, that open-handedness that leads to utter dependence like Jesus. If you don't do it, it won't be done. I don't have it all together. I don't have it. I utterly need you. We need kids to remind us of this. So Christ says, such is the kingdom. Can't get in unless you're like one of these kids. Only time really in Scripture Christ says this. I mean, I tried to find a place where, where Christ was like, you know, unless you're like a grumpy old man, you can't get into the kingdom of God. <laughs> Couldn't find it. I looked for it. There's an there's a ignorance in kids that leads to curiosity. You know, kids, I mean, you know, there's, there's a lot to learn. And so, the, you know, children are so curious about everything. Why does this happen? What, what does this mean? Why does that look like that? What is, what is this about? There's an ignorance that leads to a curiosity. But see, beloved, oftentimes, much like the disciples, we come in here knowing everything. We approach Christ knowing everything. Man, you, you just, just look over. All the stuff you've heard this past week is from a bunch of people who think they know everything. How massive is our God? How unsearchable are his ways? It's going to take us, beloved, all of eternity to figure out who God is. But yet we sort of enter in thinking like, I have it all together. I know it, and this is what I know, and you need to know what I know. Man, would the church of God have a spiritual ignorance, beloved? To sit at the feet of Jesus and just be curious. Say, Lord, I don't know, but you can teach me. Why is this the way this is? Why is that like that? What, what is this about? See, we, we think like in a sort of this weird, sort of weird, humble, prideful thing, like if we ask questions of God that somehow we're less spiritual. And yet the Psalms is riddled with questions of God. Scriptures are riddled with questions of God. Man, that we would enter into the presence of Christ and say, Lord, I, I, I don't know. But you do. You know why this is the way it is. And then with children, there's this, there's this freedom that leads to transparency. Man, kids are free, y'all. I mean, goodness. I mean, they will tell it like it is. They will enter in, not care how many letters you have behind your name. Talk to you. The only way they know how to talk to you. Enter in just raw, just like here, here I am. This, this is me. Digging in their nose, you know. The little kid, little, little baby kid, baby kid. And the thing about it is, like, beloved, with, with children, like, if I think about my kids, it, it's the reason why they can do that is because they, they realize where their identity is. Study after study after study after study has shown that children are the most free with their emotions around people that they can trust, around loved ones. And yet oftentimes we, we enter in the presence of Christ and we're hiding as if we can't trust him. 
As if he hasn't proven or and or that he's worthy. We need kids to be like, man, I can you hear what that kid said? Man, I want to be like that with Jesus. Like Jesus, no mask, no facade. This is what I'm dealing with, Lord. You can handle it. It's a freedom that leads to transparency. Oh, that we would just be like, Lord, you know who I am. You know what I'm going through. You know what it is. Lord, do this. And, beloved, I can preach until the cows come home. What does that even mean? Do cows run away and come back home? I don't know. Some of y'all farmers will let me know, like, actually, Stephen, there is a... uh, Oh, I don't know what that means. But, but Christ, he gives us the template. It's not through sort of sermons or devotional books. It's not at home in your own closet figuring this thing out. It's not that blood. You're not going to research your way to this. You need to be around kids. It's the bottom line, beloved. If Christ says it, that we won't enter in unless we're we're like them, beloved, you need to be around them. So I I am empowering all the kids in the room. I'm empowering you to look at an adult near you and say these words. I'm empowering you. Look at an adult near you and say, you can learn from me too. Say it. But as a matter of fact, beloved, you know, within the context of Scripture, like Mark chapter 10 really doesn't give a both and. It it really gives an either or. Now, i got to stay in Mark chapter 10. There are other passages of Scripture in which we see children learning from adults. But in Mark chapter 10, it's not a two. It's like adults, you need to be learning from kids only. Because if, if you don't, you will not enter the kingdom of God. How do we live this out practically? Well, we got VBS coming this week. And if you're saying to yourself, man, Stephen, I don't have any kids in my life, and you haven't signed up just to come see how kids within the community of our neighbors behave, you're missing your blessing. You're missing sanctification. You're missing being drawn closer to Jesus Christ. You're missing a class on how you can enter the kingdom of God. This is what Jesus Christ is saying. People that are avoiding, like, I don't know what to do with our kids. The kids, they kind of scare me. <laughs> Kingdom of Christ is going to scare you. More practical way, like, if you're in the room, maybe you're, you're young, maybe you're married, maybe you're single. You're like, Stephen, I just don't have any, any kids in my life. How do, I, how do I do that? Well, man, you, you can reach out to somebody in the community and say, <laughs> I saw Angel. I'm going there, Angel. I'm going there. Maybe you can reach out and say, hey, you know, Christ tells me that I need to figure out what kids are like because that's how I enter the kingdom of God. Can I just watch your kids for a little bit? You can start with my kids. Start with my kids. (laughs) Deal. Deal. Case closed. You got them. Maybe, Maybe that's the case. 
Maybe it's like, hey, hey, Steve, I, I'm not around kids anytime, but, but Christ says I need, to, I need to figure out what that's like because such is the kingdom of God. Like such how they be, that's the kingdom of God. Is there any type of way that like within children's ministry I can serve? Just to see. And, and sit yourself at the feet of little ones. All type of ways, love. But I'm excited. I'm excited about VBS this week because I, I'm excited what Christ says. I'm excited for VBS because at the end of VBS, I feel like I'm going to be closer to Jesus Christ because I've been around some little ones all week. And you will too, beloved. To that end, I want to take a moment in our prayer time and just pray. So we haven't done this yet at, at, at RCC, but I want to do it now. I want you to just, and introverts, hear me. Hear me, introverts. I'm talking to you right now because I'm an introvert. I'm going to ask you to step out of your comfort zone just, just for a couple of minutes. I want you to just gather with maybe four or five around you. And your prayers can be simple within that group. You don't have to get each other's names. You can do that after service when we move chairs out and we fellowship over the meal, right? You can get each other's names. I just want you to pray for this VBS week. I want you to pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ would shine so brightly that children and adults alike would just prostrate themselves before Jesus. You can pray that. Or you can pray just like for, for some adults who will be around kids that they will be discipled by the little ones this week. You can pray that. You can pray for your own heart. You can pray for the kids. You can pray for those who will be first entering into VBS this week, our neighbors who are coming to the block party. What, however the Spirit of the Lord leads you within those few minutes, just pray for VBS. Y'all good? Gather up in groups of four or five. If there's an odd one, bring a six. This is not legalism. You can bring six, seven in, right? Pastor Stephen said only five. You can't be in our group. No, just, just bring them in. And just for the next, the next two minutes, next two minutes, let's just pray for VBS. Y'all got that? Go ahead and gather up with those, with those around you.